Welcome to the Stormracked Library, an actual play audio journal. As always, I am Paul, and I will be playing Pilgrimage of the Sun Guard by Amanda P., a solo role-playing game about quests, temptations, and codes. I will be using uh, some metal dice uh, that I've had for a few years now. They're uh, red and blue. I'll include a picture of them. Uh, But that's all that I need for this game. Upon a great mesa, a crumbling keep emblazoned with fading symbols of a many-rayed sun, The spinnerets were once blazing gold, a proud embodiment of a great order now fallen into days of lesser influence. The halls once echoed with the laughter of men-at-arms, the declarations of solar scholars, the warmth of many hearths that now sit bereft of heat and tinder. The empire, before it eroded like a slowly aging ruin, was full of such orderly halls, and the stories of the realm echoed with their warriors and scholars' great feats. You are one of the last vouchsafed members of a great order, though you have only known it in its latter days. The empire's chaotic dissolution, a distant memory from your childhood. A strange messenger has arrived, calling the Sun Guard to ride the ancient roads, and you are the only one fit enough to follow the quest wherever it may lead. Alright, so to start, I have made a uh, character for Pilgrimage of the Sun Guard. Uh, My character's name is Kite, um, and I have chosen the background The Apprentice, Um, So I have uh, further named my character Kite Sentry. Um, They sort of take a uh, uh, a generic uh, epithet name uh, to indicate what status they are. Um, And in fact, Kite was an apprentice, a sentry, uh, when the Sun Guard fell. Um, And thus they never ascended to the full guard level. They never became Kite Guard. Though uh, she has kept her oaths all these long years um, and proved her honor many times over to all but herself. Um, And so as a result of that, her full name has become Kite Sentry the True. Um, And her code is to prove oneself to other people through great deeds. Uh, Her traits are eager and curious. um, And in choosing those, I specifically wanted to note that that means she is not courageous and not immature. Uh, I rolled nine starting resources for Kite, um, and I chose two Might, two Guile, and five Honor. Um, And I also start the game with six Time, and I'm going to be using up those resources, hopefully not before I make it, uh, to the Sun Temple. Some quick character and world-building notes before I get started with the game. Uh, I'm imagining Kite as an older woman, maybe in her 40s or 50s. Um, I'm also uh, picturing this world as being populated 
uh, mostly by uh, sort of a, a light version of elves, uh, maybe something uh, like uh, in appearance to uh, Tolkien's elves, uh, sort of tall, pointed ears, uh, noble bearing, that sort of thing. Um, but there might be other things that exist out there in this world. Um, and like the, uh, the game has set up, uh, there once was sort of a grand empire with lots of these uh, pseudo-chivalric orders like the Sun Guard, um, but that uh, they have fallen along with the empire. Um, and that's pretty much how I'm going to get started. So we start with the departure. Sensor smoke and beeswax candles burn in the remote mountaintop shrine of the Sun Guard. The sun hangs low, waiting to rise on the horizon. The sword Saint Azor's blade heavily presses on each of your shoulders as you kneel on the cold slate tiles. Placing the sword down, the sword Saint declaims thus, voice echoing in the smoky hall, the message has come. The signs are here. It is time to reclaim the ancient right of the Sun Guard, to pilgrimage to our ancient shrine in the Frost Cliffs, to declare the deeds done in the light of the sun. Go, ride the ancient roads. Do right by all you meet. Be valiant. Be true. Hold to your code. Anointing your forehead in oil, the sword saint declares in a singing tone the visions and signs for your vouchsafed quest, the signs of the sun you are under. I see birth and renewal. I see rushing water over worn stones. With the sword saint's words ringing in your ears, you mount your horse and depart, riding over the edge of all you've known, down the rough mesa roads to the great beyond. Kite startles awake from that vision, uh, having just remembered the thing that spurred her on this new quest. She did not see the sword saint in person. She has not seen a sword saint or any other member of the guard in the flesh in many long years, long decades. She was never given an opportunity to perform the ceremony that raised her from apprentice, from century to full guard. She rused that, though she might not always want to admit it. And now she wakes from this vision with a real quest with a real chance to find someone of the old order who can raise her up to guard if she has held to her code. As she sets out on another day's journey under the shadowy pines, she thinks to herself, all I must do is hold to hope. The first location in the game is under the shadowy pines. For each of these locations, uh, we are going to respond to two different prompts. Uh, we are also going to mark one time, so I've already used up my first resource, and now I'm down to five time. 
under the shadowy pines. The air is clean and smells of sap. Drips of yesterday's rainfall fall slowly down onto your head from the trees. The sun seems far away now through the tightly woven boughs. All right, I rolled an eight. So our first prompt, gliding on the edges of your vision, a phantasm leads you to a rotting lodge. Inside, a skeleton wearing a dusty sleep robe lies fallen, a still full tobacco pipe lying on the floor. Profound longing fills the air. How do you appease the spirit so it can find rest? So I need to spend one resource to gain a deed. Um, And again, to remind everyone, the resources that I have are might, guile, and honor. And I have much more honor than either might or guile. Um, And I think it makes sense to approach this particular uh, trial from the perspective of honor. So I'm going to mark off one honor here. Um, And I think the way that I appease this spirit uh, is that I uh, sit down with it and I draw my sword and I uh, plunge it into uh, the rotting decks of the lodge. Um, And I don't think this is a visible spirit, um, but one that I can simply feel all around me. Um, And this is one of the many things that the Sun Guard was certainly uh, trained to do. Uh, And I simply have a a communion uh, with the spirit and talk about uh, the ways in which all people should spend uh, their lives, and in this case, afterlives, uh, for the benefit of others and uh, serving their community so that their community can serve them. Um, And I ask the spirit to share with me uh, what its great deeds in life and in uh, bolstering the people of its community were. Um, And I don't think that the spirit can talk, but uh, there is a sighing of wind in the lodge as it uh, answers to itself, even if not to me. Uh, And I simply close my eyes and smile and give the spirit a blessing and tell it a story of my own honor uh, when I uh, saved uh, a couple of uh, lost children in a thunderstorm. Uh, Because that story reminded me of the feeling that I got when I heard the spirit's uh, sighs. Uh, And after a few minutes of this, uh, the feeling of the spirit is gone and appeased. Um, And even though it only felt like a few minutes to me, I take up my sword and go outside and find that the whole night has passed. And we have gone uh, from afternoon to afternoon, uh, and I am ready to journey on my quest again. After my success with the spirit, I still wander under the shadowy pines, and I think in particular my wandering has become true lost wandering as the pines continue to obscure any route out of the forest. 
Um, and after some time, I roll a five and get the trees stand proud at the stag king's throne. His antlers reach the edges of your vision, filled with flowers and stars. What act will you perform to appease his need for tribute? So I am picturing the stag king's throne uh, as being carved from the mightiest possible tree uh, that was struck by lightning and now stands um, blackened and charred. Uh, and preserved for all time, uh, reaching up to the sky where the remaining branches have been shaped into these antlers, um, which have been hung with various flowers uh, that shimmer in the stars. And I find that I have heard of the Stag King in my travels, and I know that uh, a fresh uh, kill of a beast in the forest is the only way to appease him and uh, gain freedom from the forest. So using uh, might and honor, I set out on a hunt uh, for uh, a great stag of the forest to offer up to the stag king. Uh, and this hunt takes me uh, at least a week um, days of trudging through the forest as the rain opens up and pours down on uh, me, a lonely traveler. But I uh, stick to the honor of the hunt uh, and I track uh, a mighty stag uh, through the woods uh, moment after moment and finally I am able to bring it down in a contest of strength. The final battle between me and the stag takes place on a, a riverbed uh, just before the water tumbles over a small uh, cascade. Uh, and I vanquish the stag and I throw it over my shoulder and I trudge back through the woods uh, and take it to uh, the stag king's throne. Uh, where I lay it on the remnants of the charred tree throne. And the true honor for the stag king is that nothing go to waste. Uh, so I make use of all the parts of the uh, stag that I have uh, taken down. Uh, and with great honor, I carry them to a, a nearby woodsman's hut uh, and I give away uh, the meat and uh, all of the uh, other uh, resources that I was able to take from the stag and receive uh, a great blessing as the trees uh, slowly shift and drift in the wind and open a path for me to the river valley. Before I roll on the river valley, I want to take a brief moment to describe uh, my sun guard, Kite Sentry the True. Uh, the uh, game has a mechanism for uh, getting a look and feel for your character. Um, and I was able to roll fine as china, strong as iron, uh, and pure of heart always sees right. And I think that nicely uh, captures what I've been going for so far. Um, and I think uh, she in particular longs to become a guard not for herself, 
um, but so that she can make other guards uh, similar to other uh, chivalric orders, right? It, it takes a sun guard to make a sun guard, and she has rued all these long years where she has not um, even met a sun guard um, because they have fallen, and so she has remained an apprentice sentry uh, waiting to have that opportunity so that she can then go back out and train a new generation of uh, guardians. And I think she is uh, deliberating on on this fact, uh, which which she often deliberates on at her campfire at the edge of the pine forest right before she gets to the river valley. When she meets a, a lone traveler, uh, someone that uh, she knows uh, by the name of Petrol the Cunning, uh, Petrol is a uh, member of the Order of the Moon, uh, which is a uh, another fallen chivalric order parallel to the Sun Guard, um, but that uh, Kite at least views as having fallen a little bit farther and a little bit faster uh, than the Sun Guard and has sort of slipped into uh, dark and dangerous ways. Um, but Kite is uh, someone who uh, is eager and curious uh, and so welcomes Petrol to the fire uh, and the two of them uh, talk a little bit, uh, tell some stories. Uh, Kite relays the uh, story of the uh, battle that she had with the stag prince um, but decides to keep the uh, encounter she had with the skeleton spirit to herself and petrol uh sort of hears this story and uh and laughs at uh kite and says you should have kept the the meat you should have kept it all for yourself so that you could make this uh difficult journey uh, and petrol sort of uh laughs and uh pats the meager saddlebags that kite has that are not very full of uh goods and supplies and kite simply looks back and uh sort of with a very uh stern and uh faux honorable disposition uh says uh hope will get me through uh and that is very terse in that way and just sort of cuts off the the sentence there um and petrol uh throws back their head and and laughs uh at the moon uh and responds uh, hope is made up. Hope isn't real. Uh, and Kite sort of stares into the fire contemplatively, uh, you know, picks up some, some loose sand and tosses it into the flames uh, and, and mutters more to herself than to Petrol. Just because something's made up doesn't mean it's not real. And in the morning, the two of them part and go their separate ways, and Kite rides into the river valley, where rushing water over stones and through the reeds, where creeks join to great rivers flowing down from the frost cliffs beyond, where blooms surround you in the great river valley. So I'm going to mark another time. So I have four time left. All right, I've rolled a four, which is you hear faint cries for help in a thick bit of bramble. Inside, a wounded villager, poisoned and trembling, an arrow in their shoulder. They whisper of a source of healing in a nearby glade. How do you ease their suffering? Do you strike a bargain? I think it never even occurs to Kite to do anything other than to hoist up uh, the villager, throw them across uh, Kite's horse, uh, and lead them very quickly 
uh, into uh, the nearby glade, where the source of healing is a, a trickster spirit uh, that uh, only very rarely actually offers healing and is much more likely to take uh, from the people who visit. And so it requires Kite's guile uh, to uh, kneel down and uh, trick the spirit into healing the villager by by questioning the spirit's uh, uh, abilities and uh, making it so that they have no choice but to show off uh, on behalf of the people who have uh, come in. Uh, and there the uh, spirit finally uh, is forced to uh, to heal the villager, although it still leaves uh, a frightful scar and uh, wound, uh, and the villager is uh, is somewhat ill. Uh, so Kite uh, makes sure to lead them back to their village and spend uh, a little bit of time making sure that they will be okay. So I've rolled a six. Mysterious weavers and a giant loom fill a giant field. They hunger for stories. What legend of your order do you share? Do you tell the truth or a fable? I think uh, Kite is not really the sort to tell fables, uh, or at least uh, not stories that she doesn't think are uh, are true. Um, and so she tells a story of uh, one of the founders of the Sun Guard, Isidore the Hopeful, uh, who uh, saw the strength and bravery that the sun itself gave to the people of their land uh, and founded the Sun Guard uh, as the group of people who could always be called upon to help out with uh, whatever challenges were facing the rest of the people of that land um, and inspired by the mysterious weavers and the giant loom uh, she tells the story of how the hopeful guard challenged a giant who was threatening a village uh, to a uh, contest of weaving uh, giants at that time being uh, well-known masters of all sorts of crafts. Uh, and the, the original Sun Guard won this challenge not by weaving something bigger or grander, but by weaving something that itself had an uh, intertangled and complicated pattern. Uh, full of rich character and geometry and story uh, that impressed the giant enough uh, that the giant decided to sit down with the village uh, and join them in their festivities uh, and became friends for many long years. And this story uh, fills the weavers uh, with hope uh, and uh, it it aligns with uh, stories that they tell, although of different people in different times. Uh, and uh, there is another great festival that evening, uh, which Kite makes a, a token appearance at, um, eats a little bit of food, uh, and then uh, slips off. The desert lies before you, and across the edges of your memory, the wind, sand, and heat consuming your thoughts. 
you remember your last crossing, the grit and danger, and steal yourself. Mark one time. All right, I've rolled a three. On the road, you see a broken down caravan wagon with a merchant crying out in exasperation at a crushed wooden wheel. The caravan leader begs your assistance. Are you willing to assist these strangers? If so, how? There is no doubt that Kite would stop and assist these uh, these strangers, these travelers. I think uh, Kite uh, hops down from her horse, uh, offers it some water uh, because of the heat in the desert, and immediately sets about uh, helping the merchant. Um, they have a, a crushed wooden wheel. I don't think Kite is particularly useful at uh, fixing woodcraft. That just isn't a skill that they've picked up. Uh, but uh, they are uh, able to go for help. Uh, the desert is hot and dry and vast, uh, and they hand over all of their water uh, to the merchant, and then they get back on their horse and they set off uh, to the nearest village uh, riding as hard as they can and as thirsty as they can um, until eventually they reach a, a nearby uh, watering hole, just a scrap of a few houses clustered around uh, a well, uh, and they are able to fetch both some fresh supplies, some fresh water, and uh, a, uh, a carpenter who can repair uh, the broken wheel. And they ride uh, quickly back, uh, to uh, the caravan, uh, still uh, going pretty thirsty because they want to save as much water for the travelers as they can. Um, they don't get back uh, until nightfall, uh, and uh, the stars uh, pop out of the vast desert sky uh, and watch over them as they uh, fix the wheel and get the wagon moving again by dawn. is starting to run desperately low on resources. I have one might, one guile, and one honor remaining, and at least I have three time left. And I have just rolled a nine. You awaken to rustling and curses. Someone is trying to steal something from you that you cannot afford to lose, but they need it more than you do. What is it? How do you react? Kite wakes up from the neighing of her horse, which is being stolen, and she quickly spots by the light of a crescent moon that Petrol the Cunning has returned, perhaps having followed her across the desert, looking to steal from her. She sits up in the night, not even placing a hand on her weapon, and calls out, So, the order of the moon has fallen from the way of honor. You have become a cult, a thief, a fallen knight. And Petrol uh, uh, finishes uh, saddling the horse and uh, slings himself up onto the saddle and sneers back, Little different from the sun guard, then. At least we still exist, 
At least we still believe in something. And Kite slowly stands, still not even going for a weapon, and says, You believe in helping only yourselves, but Moonlight too begins its quest from the sun itself. You could still turn aside. You could still help others. You could still help me. Petrol uh, throws his head back and laughs again. I just tried to help you, Kite. You're just too blind to let me. And Kite watches as he spurs her horse on and rides across the desert. Uh, but she, uh, she smiles and she chuckles and she uh, gets back into her bedroll and finishes out her, her evening. And the sun comes up quickly. And uh, she gets up and gathers her things and sets off in the direction that the horse's tracks lead. And she only has to hike an hour or two before she finds where the horse has thrown petrol into a gulch. And his neck is bent at a strange angle. Uh, and he is no longer moving. And the buzzards are beginning to gather on the cliffside. And Kite simply looks down looks up to see her horse trotting nearby at a small stream, shakes her head, and moves on. The late autumnal wind shrieks through your bones as you begin to climb the frost cliffs. With foreboding clouds threatening snow to cover the trail in the coming hours. Mark one time. I have rolled a three. Gray clouds make raucous noise, shaking the loose stones on the path ahead, quickly covered by heavy snowfall. Lightning strikes a tree to the north, igniting a small flame. Do you dare continue? Or do you seek shelter in some forgotten hollow? I'm going to lean here on Kite's traits, which are eager and curious, um, not courageous. I think uh, the courageous action here would be to charge into the storm. I think uh, Kite takes this opportunity to seek shelter in some forgotten hollow, looking eagerly and curiously for a... Uh, a side path that only mountain goats would dare follow, uh, and she takes the extra time to climb her way to a cliffside. With the barest cover, she waits out the night, and then another, sacrificing time in the hope that it will let her come to her destination. Now I have rolled a five. Your rucksack tore somewhere while you were climbing the cliffs, precious supplies tumbling to fall on the road behind you. Do you continue or double back? Spend another resource. I think this time, Kite recognizes that she is running short of time and that the uh, perils of the uh, frost cliffs are not going to let up. Um, and she lets the resources fall um, and I think, in fact, loses her weapon. Uh, her sword tumbles down to the base of the cliff, and she is down to one honor and one time. But she has made it 
to the top of the frost cliffs. At the very top of the cliffs are the endless stairs. Up and up, carved into the mountain face, thousands and thousands of stairs going around the mountain to the long-abandoned, hallowed halls of the Sun Guard. At the bottom of the steps, a warrior's encampment of the cruel, dread arbiters of will, a militant order of grim renown. Mark one time, roll 1d6, to find your way to the steps and through this perilous danger. I have rolled a three, sneaking along the shadows. Your steps are dogged by a strange creature that dwells at the corners of your vision. An opportunistic phantasm? A hallucination? It whispers doubts into your left ear. How do you ward your spirit? I think there's no other possibility than that this is some specter, real or imagined, of Petrel the Cunning, whom Kite unfortunately was forced to leave to his death. She feels some remorse, though the thief was trying to steal from her, and she hears his whispers echo in her ears. Hope is made up. Hope isn't real. Little different from the sun guard, then. I just tried to help you. You're just too blind to let me. But as dark as the words that his memory leaves lingering and ringing in her ears, she remembers her own strength, her own honor, and she knows that it is true. We have now come to the Declaration of Deeds. The Shrine of the Sun Guard stands proudly at the top of the mountain, surveying the lands the Order once held guardianship over. Years, wars, and opportunistic thievery have damaged the Great Hall. Stained glass and timbers stand resolute but broken in many places. Some of the upper chambers have collapsed, where warriors once prayed for guidance and restoration. As you look out over the horizon, the sun gleams over the frost cliffs and across the valley below with the mesa where your companions dwell, distant but visible on this new day. A young voice calls to you with weary wisdom beyond its years. Pilgrim, do you come to offer your deeds? Let us regard your countenance. It is time for the judgment. As you make your way inside the fallen rotting hall of your order, the rising sun shines through the broken stained glass, illuminating colorful patterns on the worn rugs that cover the stone tile floors. A brisk wind chills you to the bone. You hear music, though there are no players, and see on either side of you a procession of spirits, old and young, your brethren who have quested the pilgrimage road before you. Their faces are encouraging as you make your way down the long path to the sanctum and the last guardian. At the center of the sanctum stands a giant brazier, which roars heartily with flame. A voice cries out to you, Have you fallen low? What are your failures? What did you learn? A tear falls from Kite's eye and she calls out, I have held to my code. I have not become corrupted. And the fire answers, What deeds have thou wrought, pilgrim? Declare them! Kite's deeds of renown. Speaker of spirits. Battler of the stag prince. 
Outwitter of the Trixie Healer, Herald of Isidore the Hopeful, Messenger in a desperate desert, Friend to valiant steeds, And climber against storm and memory. After each deed, she declares, a great shout comes from the assembled spirits, and the fire pops with furious joy. When you are finished, you feel a warm embrace and hear the whispered words, It is finished. As you open your eyes, the spirits have departed. The shrine is now made whole, as it would have been in the glorious days of your order, sanctified. And I think Kite looks on with sadness. She was hoping that some member of her order would yet live, that some guard would be here to have her kneel before them and pronounce the vows and become a full member of the Sun Guard so that she could go forth and make yet more. And part of her is still disappointed that she does not have that chance. But seeing the crackling flames and hearing the deeds that she has proclaimed, she almost understands that she has held to her code, that she has proved herself to other people through the great deeds that she has done, through her choices not to forsake her code and fall into corruption, as Petrol the Cunning and so many others once did. And as the sun sets and she leaves the temple, she believes that she has found peace. This has been Pilgrimage of the Sun Guard, a solo role-playing game about quests, temptations, and codes by Amanda P. It was a really fun game. You can get it at weirdwonder.itch.io. As always, you can find more of what I do at stormrackedlibrary.net, including my new continent building project following along with Dungeon 23. That has been a lot of fun, and I'll be trying to post updates at least weekly for that project. And of course, farewell from the Stormracked Library. Come check us out again sometime.